following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, October 8th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 37. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. You can see me and Dave here. Nick is joining us remotely today, uh, so you should be able to see his mug there as well. Nick, why don't you jump right in and give us a 37, man? Uh, let's go with uh, James Washington. There we go. He was. They called him drive-by. I don't think he could play in in the league the way it is today because of the way he hits. But uh, that or Matt Johnson, you know, remember him? <laughs> I do Ooh, remember Matt Johnson, the unicorn. Didn't he? Didn't he knock himself out? <laughs> like he knocked himself out of playing, hitting could, too hard. He I mean, did he? Could, I don't know that. Right guy. I don't healthy. think he ever had a hamstring healthy no. long enough to knock himself out. Huh. No, you, you're thinking of Justin Barrio. There we go, Justin, Justin Barrio. Barrio. You're absolutely you're right. Thinking of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, another safety. Yeah, they they both played safety. Yeah. They both um, looked like each other, yeah. and uh, that neither one of them really turned out to be that good. Yeah, right. Injury, different kinds of injuries. Yes. Hey, Nick, I just want you to know. Um, right. Shout out, shout out to our our website faithful who use the mailbag function because the mailbag is full of people offering you suggestions and critiques of the numbers that you choose so good just want those people really you're seen hey. you're seen and noticed well i just just so everyone's clear i i've said this before there's the right answer and then there's my answer so i mean i know my answer is not enough right i think it is in 37 though i i can't think of that many other other 37s though i think we're but, i think we're on the I right know. track i, I like there might Go ahead. Yeah. No, I I, I can't I, think of a 37 around the team right now. Is there? Jaquan Hardy, I believe, if you count practice squad as the team. Mm, yeah. Right? He's 37, isn't he? There you go. Maybe. <laughs> Abe Abel, Elam yeah. was one, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, Abe Elam. Yeah. Yeah, he was another safety. Yeah. All right, let's jump right in. We gotta go. we gotta catch up on some injuries and some some personnel things before we get to our storylines. We uh, we always do it on Fridays. Uh, I'll lay out some storylines for you guys and get your opinions on uh, the storylines heading into the Cowboys versus Giants. Let's start first with Carlos Watkins. Expectation he's playing this week. Expectation is he's playing this week. Let's go. Let's go. He'll be back. Uh, let's talk about Keanu Neal a little bit. We haven't really talked about him from the standpoint of we know that he's back from COVID. Is he 100%? Because he did. This was not one of those situations where he tested positive, didn't really have any symptoms. He said that he, he in, the, in the interview he had earlier this week, it seemed like the way he was talking, he kind of felt it. Like he was going through it a bit. So what is your concern or, or what is your expectation with regards to how much you expect him to play this week? Yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm sure he's got to deal with that, right? I mean, that's a long time to be out. And if you were actually feeling the effects of COVID, I'm sure that's hell on your respiratory system. Um, but my expectation is that Mike McCarthy called him full go 
And Keanu himself kind of was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I hated missing two games. I'm ready to play. So, I don't know, maybe his snap count is lessened a little bit because of that. Or maybe not. Uh, we've seen, and I know illnesses are different than injuries, but we've seen how many times have we worried about a guy's availability and then he plays 100% of the snaps, you know? So, he was playing 75% before he got sick. Seems like a high number in your first game back, so maybe maybe a little less. But my expectation is that he's not um, not limited. So we'll see. Nick, you know, I, I think that yeah, I think Jalen Smith's release is it, you know, kind of a domino effect to it. That you sometimes we have to read between the lines. That I think you know if they felt like he wasn't going to be back to normal because because you know he plays a lot in the nickel there. Keon O'Neal does, so I feel like. They wouldn't have made this move if they didn't feel like Keanu Neal was going to come back and, and be back to his normal self. And they have other options as well. But you know, you, there's no way to make yourself thin for no reason. Let's talk about Lyle Collins. We mentioned yesterday that uh, he was kind of looking at his, his legal situation with the league. There was a bit of a development uh, coming into today. What do you guys know about, about him? The expectation in the building is that he's not. That that's not a thing this week. At least that's that's their expectation. And Mike McCarthy even said today, like they don't really have a plan for that to happen this week. Like there there's so little time between the game. There's so much uncertainty with the legal situation. I think their attitude is like, if that happens, that'll be great, and we can put something together. But we're, that's not something that we're even really considering right now. Yeah, what I did read was that supposedly the judge is planning to hear. There is a judge who's planning to hear. His argument today, and so we'll see where that goes. But I think even let's just say it happens, and I think we talked about this yesterday. Even if it happens on on Friday afternoon, after you've been out since the season opener, September 9th was literally a month ago. Yep. Um, so I, yeah, that would that would surprise me. I don't even at this this late in the week. I wonder if he'd even be active. I tend to doubt it. I think yeah. you just say this is wonderful, and we'll get you. We'll start getting you ready for uh, New England. Yeah. So it sounds like these are really two different things. It, Go ahead, Nick. Well, you know, I was just going to throw – I feel like it's kind of becoming an elephant in the room a little bit because um, if he comes back, whenever he comes back, like I know he's Lyle Collins, but just based off of the three or four weeks we've seen from Lyle when he was preseason and then that mm-hmm. first game and then what we've seen out of Terrence Steele, I mean – I think Terrence has actually played better. And maybe I am grading off a curve. Maybe I'm just going off of 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 what, you know, just what, what my expectations were. But it kind of seems like Terrence Steele, I said this on the radio this morning, I think he's been your third best lineman across the board behind Tyron and, and Zach. And I, I don't know. I mean, are, are we at that road where we needed to, to discuss this? Or is this a plug and play as soon as Lyle comes back? I mean, I have a tiger head tattooed on my arm so maybe <laughs> so i'm not hard. maybe i'm not the not, guy maybe not the right person but <laughs> no I, I i'm not even i'm not even close to be honest with you i don't think so and and i don't think it's fair well, to say lyle struggled in the preseason and then but like like terrence Steele looked like butt in the preseason like we were we spent a lot of time like does this team have a swing tackle like who's what are we doing here like and Seki and Steele both look awful so i don't think that's fair and i thought lyle played well against tampa bay i mean what Dak got sacked one time yeah. in that game, and I think it came from up the middle, if I remember correctly. I might no, it was a pursuit play. Dak was stringing it out, and he couldn't get away from Barrett. I think. Um, I, I I no, I'm not ready that, to say that. that I think. Seemed... Okay, yeah. I, I and I, 
I'm not sure either, and I and I don't have a Red Raider tattoo you know, on me <laughs> at all, ever. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't ever. know that. I mean, um, yeah, ever. Uh, but but I, you know, and not that I. There's been some Arkansas players that come through here that I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, it doesn't work. But um, I, I just think he's played really well, and so maybe not right now when he comes back, but. You know, I I do think we're starting to look at the right tackle of the future, or at least a, a, a piece of this line some way. And I know that seems weird to say because he did not look good in the preseason, but he has looked really good uh, in these these last three or four games. Yeah, I, honestly, Dave, Nick, I, I think it's a fair conversation to have. I don't know that I necessarily am to the point where I'm like, yeah, definitely you need you, you need to stick with Steele. I don't think it's that. But I do think it's a fair conversation because we did talk about how, uh, you know, during the preseason, I expected more of Lyle. And that was basically based on expectations. You know, you, you're looking at him. He's a veteran. He's been a right. really good player for the Cowboys. I don't think he was at that level during the preseason and training camp. And so that's where I, I can kind of understand where the conversation is a fair conversation. But I also agree with you, Dave. Like, you got to give it some time. Like, those guys didn't look great back then either. And Terrence Steele is playing really well. So, and by the way, they may be doing some things right now to protect Steele that they may not have to do when Lyell comes back, which may even, it's weird to say, may even open up this offense offense even more. So, that's the part where I I would probably still opt to say Lyell's your guy. Uh, but I do think it's a fair conversation, and I don't. I don't mean to crap on Terrence. I think he's playing great. I just I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. And I'd just like to see uh, LSU by a side. I'd like to see Lyle ha- have a chance to play. Like he was out all last year. We you know we 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 went back and forth about whether they needed to draft a tackle and can he stay healthy? What's the deal here? And he gets suspended one game into the season. So I just you know just like to see a chance to get to watch the guy play. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick early break, and uh, once we come back from that break, we're going to jump into our storylines. we got a lot of questions lined up for these guys to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Giants. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a Cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks free shipping honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest 
smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jacket Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, October 9th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Take a tour of the stadium, play games, get autographs from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, and much more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and more information. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's get ready for Cowboys versus Giants. That happens this Sunday, 325 kick at AT AT&T Stadium. My first question for you guys is, how does Dallas adjust its linebacker rotation without Jalen Smith? I think the answer to that is pretty simple, honestly. I mean, it sounds mean, but... It kind of felt like they were like looking for excuses to shoehorn Jalen into it in the first place, in my opinion. So we, t- I mean, we talked about Keanu Neal. In a perfect world, I think Keanu Neal and Micah Parsons are your nickel linebackers. Like passing situations, Leighton Vander Esch has a role in base. Neal and Micah get the predominant amount of the snaps. Now, obviously, there are factors there. Micah's going to see more time at edge. At least that's what we've seen. That's what we expect. And so Leighton can help offset that. And then you got to see how ready Neil is to just jump right in, right? Um, I mean, maybe. Do we see Cox this week. We might. It's, it's possible. Yeah. It's an, and you don't make this move, I don't think, unless Cox is at least part of it. Like, you're at least kind of intrigued or confident by what you've seen from him to this point, I think. And so, especially in a week where... Micah might have to play some edge, and Keanu Neal might not be 100% have his win back. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's something worth considering at least. Nick? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people in life don't just cut their hand or burn themselves for, for just for the fun of it. I mean, like, they, there's a reason why they, they don't want to hurt themselves by saying, man, let's get him off and let's, let, let's figure out how to, you know, get him off the team. Let's figure out how to, how to deal with it. I mean, like, I think that they felt like he was a progress stopper to probably Jabril Cox and maybe to some of the, like the safeties curse, those guys coming back into it and playing some nickel or, or playing Parsons more, or maybe they want to do more of the pass rush. I just, I agree with Dave. I think they were trying to figure out ways to get him in the lineup because of who he is. And he's been a captain. He's been a pro bowler and all his status, but it, 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 they, I don't feel like they feel like they're going to be hurt by it or you wouldn't do it. The other thing, too, I think we've talked about this, but just in case we haven't, I think J. Ron Curse is part of this as well. Maybe not yet, because Donovan Wilson's not ready. They need him to start at safety. But when Donovan Wilson's healthy, if you want to find ways to get him back onto the field, Curse already does a lot of that anyway. Like If you look in the nickel situations, he's down in the box anyway. He's either sh- he's either over the tight end or, or off just a little bit over by the tackle. Like He's down in the box when they're in those situations anyway. So... Uh, and then I've mentioned before, it seems like they like to use him as a dime linebacker, and it allows, the, and that's a situation that allows you to use Micah as a pass rusher. Um, so I think he's part of that as well, and that might be how you can get him and Wilson onto the field. All right, let's move on to storyline number two. We talked uh, earlier this week with Bucky Brooks about uh, the size of the defensive uh, front 
for the New York Giants. How does Dallas's offensive line, and I'm specifically talking about Tyler Biotis, who we've seen had some problems with big, strong guys, uh, and Terrence Steele, how do they handle the size and the power of the Giants' defensive front? Dave. Oh, all right. I was gonna. I'm. I'm. Tr- I'm trying. I'm going back to the old delay. You know, the COVID yeah, mode. That's why I'm doing names Where now. I'm, okay. I figure, all right. figure it's easier for everybody. Um. Yeah. I think again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Leonard Williams. I mean, it's 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 week after week in the NFL. Like this type of stuff is gonna happen. I like I said yesterday. I don't worry about the edge so much. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's famous last words, but I don't worry. That there's just this guy they can't handle on the edge. Aziz Ojolari is playing in his fifth game, and if you have to help Steele out, I'm certainly not worried about Tyron Smith. Are you at all concerned about Williams lining up out there? Because he can question. do that. Yeah, I know. He definitely can. You're right. Um, just leaning on past experience and saying, like, if they can handle Bosa and some of these other guys, I'm, I'm sure they can find a way to make it work. A I, different kind of player, though, no, right? Absolutely. The power yes. is the problem. The big yes. size and the power. Right? Joey Bosa is everything, though. Like, I mean, uh, he's, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, not but a. These are, but but Len, Leonard Williams is a bigger guy. He's 291. He no, no, I don't no. Think Bosa's 291. He's a big guy. Uh, I just, I don't, if they can handle some of these other fronts that we've seen, I'm just trusting that they can handle this. I, that's just how I feel. Nick. Yeah, I think when you, if you go back, if they were to play the Buccaneers right now, uh, especially with, with Zach Martin because he wasn't in that game, I don't think they would have just gone away from the inside running and uh, like they did and just went to the outside, which kind of made themselves somewhat one-dimensional. Um, I don't think they would do that now. And so I, I don't think if they're not doing it for them, I don't think they would do it for the Giants. Yeah, Leonard Williams a problem. He proved that week 17 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – I just and of course Tyron Lyell Zach they weren't in that game. I think that they'll play it straight up and I think they'll try to run them, uh, overpower them, play fast, play to the outside, and just you know use all the entire field. And you know I I know that no guard has ever probably won an MVP vote or not that Zach Martin should, but I don't think anybody's playing better than he is right now on the offensive line. Uh, he's just been incredible to think he's played three games. And if you go by PFF grades, he's been the best in the league two of the three games he's been out there. All right. Question number three. Trayvon Diggs is on a record pace in interceptions uh, for the club. If the over-under were set at nine and a half interceptions for the season, which way do you go, over or under, Dave? I hate this. We did, we did this on the Star at Night last week. And I'm like, I'm just playing the numbers. Like, I'm not – talking trash on Trayvon Diggs, but it's hard to get interceptions in the NFL. Yeah. So But he's got five in four I, That's games. what I'm saying. I like I keep yeah. it's like, you know, it's like the gambler's fallacy, right? You're yeah. like, well it's been black four times. It'll surely be red and then it's black again. Like <laughs> it's it's it sucks because I mean, the numbers the numbers say that he can't keep doing this, but every time I bet against him he's proven me he wrong. Actually doubled down last so game. I mean <laughs> nine okay so he's got five after, he's got five after you said nine and a half? I said nine and a half, over under nine and a half. So he's got to get five more. Yeah. And he's got what, 11 more games? No. No, no 12 no. more games. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 12 more games. I got to go over. That's no, no, no. Wait, wait. wait how, 13? Many, no, no. how many games? 13. We've done four. We, we can't play math. We can't games. do math. You got God, 13 I, more games. I can't do math at all. Uh, all right. 13 <laughs> games to get five. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go over. I got to go, go over. over. Okay. Nick. Man, you know what? When you when you broke it down that way, I guess so. Because I, I I guess I can go with the over. I mean that that's just saying double digit 
interceptions. That's only happened. I mean, it, it's only happened with Everson Walls. Like he had eleven. I mean, that's. I don't know. It's hard to say that. I'm actually. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I, th- I I feel like eight eight to nine is where it's going to be because it is going to dry up. He's not going to get as many passes his way. Um, but you know, I wrote about that yesterday. It, it's a it's a huge dilemma for teams now. You want to just not throw at him. I mean, it's more incentive for the Cowboys to put their best guy on their best receiver and just say, all right, then don't throw at him yeah. because uh, then they'll just take away your, your best player. I am. I'm glad you said that, though. And I, I completely agree with everything you just said. But um, something that people have been talking about this week that that I didn't notice. I, I mean, I, I know football. I watch film, but I'm not a guru. But like Trayvon Diggs is he's good enough to freelance and create interceptions like he he jumped the route on that first pick oh, over he, the middle of the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he left his man because he was so confident in what was happening that he was like, I don't have to worry about that, which can totally get you burned. Yeah. Can completely get you burned, but it didn't. It was an amazing play by him. And I'm just saying they can avoid him and he can still make plays. Like he's confident enough in what he's doing that he can leave his assignment and freelance on somebody else's and get a pick. And to that point on the second interception. He can also give quarterbacks a look that makes them think, well, here's an opportunity worth taking. Like He baited him on that throw. He played off. I, I know he had to be seven, eight, maybe nine yards off the line of scrimmage and showed them that, hey, here's this guy may be open on a, on a quick dig, right? And immediately like he knew exactly when the, the quarterback was about to throw, he bit the route, and he was right there. He baited him. And so I, I think that's the other part about this is that you know, it's going to take a really smart quarterback not to go for it when they're like, okay, well, here's my opportunity. I don't throw at it most of the time, but here's an easy route. And before you know it, it's going the other way, right? 13 games for five. I mean, 10 is a lot, but 13 games to get five is, I just, I yeah, I feel weird being the optimistic one, but I can't bet against them. All right, so let's do this. We'll zero in a little bit more on this game with regards to Trayvon. Is there a wide receiver that you think is the most dangerous on this Giants team? And should uh, Diggs uh, give him most of the attention uh, throughout the day? Should they have him travel most of the day to, to shut that guy down or at least force the other team to stay away from their best option? So I think the Giants are interesting because Kenny Galladay, he, it's weird. I'm not trying to compare him to Amari. They're, they're different players, but I just mean he, he's not like this crazy burner. He does like he doesn't have insane speed. He just gets open. Like he yeah. finds ways to separate with the way that he runs his route. And he's got great hands. He's got really good hands. Um, and then you know Kadarius Tony's just a speed freak. Really, like he's not even he's not a polished receiver. Like his routes at Florida were go balls and bubble screens. I mean he's just <laughs> he's terrifying. But I mean, it, <laughs> right. it's and he wore number one, so it's an easy comparison to make. But he's like Percy Harvin; just get yeah. the ball in his hands, and good stuff will happen. Um, so I say that to say I would rather Diggs be with Galladay because I, I just just blank just bracket the speed guy, you know, and and figure that out and let the technician cover the technician. I guess Nick. Yeah, you know, I think that um, when you look at what happened last week, you know, th- that, that interception that Diggs had was, a, was kind of a byproduct of him, like you said, freelancing. But that wasn't something he was doing earlier in the game. Daniel Jones, smart guy, obviously, uh, he, he, you know, this is, he's not a rookie. He, I'm not saying that he, you know, he'll be fooled easily. 
but I think you mix it up on him. And so, yeah, you, you, you cover him with Galladay at times. You, 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 you know, you leave him on one side of the field. And then, like he did in that play, you let him roam a little bit. I mean, what, what's amazing about Trayvon Diggs is his eyes, he, I, I think. I mean, now his hands are receiver's hands. But his eyes are just unbelievable, and I and I think that he's got everything going for him right now. He's got confidence. He's got the hands, ball skills. He's got the eyes, the quick feet. I mean, he, he's just doing everything you would want him to do. And so I think you you kind of throw him all over the field a little bit, mix it up, and confuse him to where he's going to line up. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, i got a few more storyline, big storyline questions for the, these two. Uh, we'll also get a couple fan questions here at the end of the show before we get to our final predictions for the Cowboys versus Giants. We'll do that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Check out the new Miller Lighthouse located outside AT&T Stadium where Dallas Cowboys game day traditions are born. Enjoy yard games, Cowboys cheerleaders, performance, beer gardens, and much more. A game ticket is required. For more information, visit attstadium.slash Miller Lighthouse. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking big picture storylines of the game Cowboys versus Giants this Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium. Uh, Here's what I think is actually going to be the real um, story, one way or the other, with regards to who wins wins this game from the standpoint of the Giants being successful. Uh, Daniel Jones leads the Giants right now in rushing with 188 yards. How does Dallas limit him on the ground? Because it's my belief that their success comes from his ability to have those chunk plays uh, in the running game. So how does Dallas limit that? Dave? I mean, with quarterbacks, it's always discipline, right? I mean, 
I'm thinking about Darnold's first touchdown on Sunday. You know, they they mm-hmm. they Chauncey Golston chose poorly to quote the Indiana Jones movie, I guess. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna design some things for him, and so I mean, having speed at linebacker helps, gap discipline, all everything. <laughs> every time that type of stuff happens, I just think about after the game, like when you ask a Demarcus Lawrence, they're just like, "That's all." They're just like gap discipline, like we just we didn't stay in our gaps, and it um, last year <laughs> it happened every week because <laughs> people were running all over him. I'm like, well, yeah, if it's as simple as you're trying to make it sound, why can't you fix it? So. Stay disciplined, uh, and then and then obviously hemming him in, um, keeping him in the well. To quote Rod Marinelli, and I, if I had to guess, he's he's probably going to hurt him a couple times. Like I've said a few times, I I don't completely trust this defense discipline and and assignment wise. Um, they get takeaways, but the chunk plays are there if you go look for them every week. Um, so I, th- I think that is going to be a challenge for them. To be honest with you, Nick. Well, I mean, it's the reason why people went with the Wildcat, you know, several years ago and why they still do it sometimes today. The quarterback is typically unaccounted for. So it's always going to happen like that. And it happens when you're not you, – you got everyone else covered and then the quarterback beats you, he leaks out. It happens with Dak. It happens with Daniel Jones. It happens with Jeff Driscoll when you play them or Trubisky. And even when you spy Lamar Jackson last year – he still, you know, burns him and beats him. So it, the quarterback, an athletic quarterback, is always going to be able to do that. Darnold did it last week a, a few times. They kind of shorted it up a little bit. So uh, yeah, you have to you have to account for that. And you know, he he is definitely an athletic quarterback. So um, you know, unless you're going to spy him, which I don't think they will, you you have to just make sure he doesn't beat you too bad. Can I ask that question? Because I actually I look is at Daniel this and I'm Jones saying, worth spying? Is, is Daniel Jones the best running quarterback that they faced this year? Because they definitely did do that with Jalen Hurts some. Uh, they spied him some. So yeah. is, is, this, is this guy in the same caliber as, as a Jalen Hurts when it comes to running the ball to where you should consider spying him, at least on specific downs? It's not... Like that's not a bad question. I think J- Jalen Hurts is faster and more dangerous, but like Daniel Jones is right there. Like he's not. His production says no, he's up. Yeah, he's not sneaky athletic. Right. He's just straight up he's athletic. athletic yeah. Um, and I was I was going to bring that up because they did they wound up using Jalen in that role. I, they basically were like Jalen, hang out behind the line, and if he runs, just tear ass just after go. him. Just yeah. go. Yeah. And it. Kind of worked, honestly. Yeah. That's and that's what we're talking about when we said Jalen was playing better. He just he was able to make some of those plays. He kept Hurts from from killing you. Like, yeah, at Hertz, least Hurts would get two or three, but he didn't get 10, 15, Right, Jalen Hurts. I don't remember. I think he had one kind of long scramble, but for the most part, they did a good job with that. And so uh, I bring that up because I wonder if they do that. I don't think it'll be all the time. I can imagine that on third down passing situations or ob- you know long yardage obvious passing situations and I wonder who it'll be. I wonder um you know do you do that with Micah? They didn't do it against Hurts with Micah. Maybe that's a place where we see Jabril Cox. He's got speed. They're like, "Hey, we don't trust you to do a lot, but just go chase the quarterback if it looks like he's breaking contain." Um uh, that's, that's it's it's interesting to think. I bet you they'll throw something like that out there. Nick? 
Yeah. Can I use the word spatak again, or is that kind of over? <laughs> Go for it. I've, I've, you already did. I've already used it. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah, I haven't seen it on t-shirts. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But uh, you know, I mean, you, you've got you've got other guys, you know, coming. I mean, I think all all season long, for the most part. I mean, gone are the days where the guy just stands back there and. And you know doesn't run, and even when when those guys are there, like the Tom Brady's or the Mannings, you never sack them anyways. They get the ball out. So I mean, most of these guys are athletic, so it's it's got to be into the game plan. I mean, nothing I don't think is on the schedule like like what happens with Arizona at, at the end of the season. I mean, that guy's playing at a different level. Um, yeah, you don't think you can you can't spatak him. Uh, he, he's he's playing outstanding. So. Um, I, I just think this is a part of the game every single week. And most of the times when a guy, a quarterback breaks free, he's not going to fall down at the five yard line. Like he's probably going to score. So you can't, you can't count on that happening all the time. It did happen with Daniel Jones though. <laughs> Dallas is starting to uh, get, we're going to move on to the next question. Dallas is starting Derek, to Derek. Derek does not know that play. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm actually, I was thinking about something else. Sorry. You don't remember Daniel no, Jones. I do, I do, okay. I'm, I was not thinking about I was what you were saying. We, I, was I knew I, I was laughing. Cause I was like, we Got can't it. go through a week of giants yeah. shows without bringing up Daniel Jones yeah, tripping, tripping over, over himself. Feet. Yeah. All right. So there, but, there's been, but a, he, he, he can go 80 though. He can. He absolutely can. As yeah. long as he doesn't trip over yeah. his own feet. Right. Yeah. Which you don't think he's going to do more than, one time. Anyway, um, right now, th- this Cowboys team is getting probably as much love nationally as I've seen them get in a very, very long time. Um, and some people, I've seen some fans saying that this could be a trap game for Dallas because they've been playing so well because of their record and they're playing a team that only has one victory so far this season. What gives you reason to believe Dallas is or is not susceptible to buying into the hype that they're receiving right now? I, get, I just I just don't care. Uh, that's their job. They're professional football players. That's these these types of games always aggravate me because fans fans talk to me and they're like, we can't afford to take the Giants light. I'm like, it's not my job to take no, the I'm Giants say, seriously. I'm saying, what makes you think that, based on what you've seen and heard from the team, do you think that they are the type of team that may be more susceptible or less susceptible to falling for those kinds of things and, and believing their own hype? Uh, I I don't worry about it. Which to be and it's funny because it does remind me of 2019 a little bit. They they started off three and zero and everybody was all over them and and obviously it fell apart. They just did not play consistently well. So it's weird for me to say. And a lot of those guys were there, right? Like a lot of the team was the same. But it just doesn't bother me. Like I don't. I just I I trust implicitly Dak Prescott first of all to just not let that happen. I think. Uh, our friend Clarence Hill last week was like uh, the old Parcells thing of not eating the cheese, and Dak was like, "The cheese ain't that good. We're two and one. Like, what are you? What, what are you talking about? Why is this even a thing?" And I, I, I buy that. I completely buy that. They haven't accomplished that much, and I think they know it. And I just, it is not a thing that bothers me. I'll be, I'll be shocked if they. I'm not saying that they can't lose, but I'll be shocked if they just play this like ugly, terrible game. That would surprise me, Nick. I think the trap games are really for the fans. I think the fans are the ones that are creating traps, uh, maybe fans in media. I don't think the players really view it that way. Um, I, I think the, the, the fans are like, well, 
I hope, you know, I hope that they don't overlook them, but I think it, it stems from the fact that they're overlooking them. They're thinking that this should be a blowout. And if the Cowboys don't do it, then, then that means they overlooked them or, or you know, they, they fell into the trap. When you're, you're failing to remember that division games like this are always tough. That offensive quarter, coordinator over there is going to bring everything he's got in this game. And, I, and you can say what you want. Oh, good, bring it. He's a good offensive coordinator. He has been for a long time. Let's just say it like that way. And he, it'll, and he'll, and and he'll, you know, he'll he'll bring it. And so, and he did last year when they didn't have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones wasn't as good as he's playing right now. So I think I think it's, you know, now am I going to pick an overtime win? No, I'm not. But I just I think the Cowboys are that much better. But I think that. that you know, the media and fans do that all the time where they think this should be a blowout. And if it's not, it's the Cowboys fault when it was their fault for for making it, you know, th- that big in the first place. I guess that Nick just made the point that I was trying to make, which is like, really, in my eight plus years doing this. And I'm sure it's happened. I'm, I'm sure it has. But like, I've never been in a week where I was like, man, it doesn't seem like these guys give a damn about this game. Like. It doesn't. You just you. It's it's such a routine. It's such a like you know. You clean up the last game Monday. You take the day off Tuesday. You game plan Wednesday. Like it's such a day by day routine. And we live the same thing, by the way, where you almost don't even really have time to think about the narrative so much. And yeah. I, I just think I think fans and media say that stuff uh, because they're nervous, really, more so than anything the team's doing. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> Let's pick this game. Yep. What do you guys think is going to happen this week? Give me a score. Let's start with you, Nick. I think the Cowboys are that much better. I do think it'll be kind of a, a closer game, but not like it was last year. I think the, the offense is rolling to the point where they, they're going to they're gonna put up some points, uh, put some pressure on them. I like to see that crowd is going to be uh, – I think it'll be a, a good crowd again. Never see a ton of Giants fans on the road. I mean, they, they'll be there, but not usually a ton. Um, and so I, I'm going Dallas 30 to 14. All right. Nice. Wow. God, we're, we're in sync with our picks these, these days. And I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. I actually, I, I looked this up this morning. The average score of Dax wins against the Giants when he's played the whole game. So not counting last year. Um, so he's, I mean, he's won six straight since he got swept as a rookie. He has not lost to New York since he was a rookie. Um, they've been winning those games by an average score of 30 to 16. So they're averaging multi-possession wins. And that's even with the season ender, you know, the dramatic 36, 35 game. So that one, that margin offsets a lot of that. What I'm trying to say is the Cowboys have been blowing these guys out for most of Dak's career. Um, I just I think they're better. I think they have I think they're better everywhere basically. Um I think they're at home. I think the the narrative with Dak's ankle playing them is overblown. I it's it's not a revenge game. Like who's he getting revenge against? It's nobody's yeah. fault that he got hurt. Yeah. Um but I do think that he wants to play well and kind of when when this game is over, hopefully we don't have to talk about the ankle. Not ever again, but like we don't have to do this weekly like, is this the new obstacle? Like, no, it's over. Um, I think he's going to play great, and I think they're going to win 34-17. to 17. All right. I actually think it's, it's going to be a closer game than you guys think. Um, I think this 
this Giants team. I, I, what I saw last week from them, and that, that's not to say that New Orleans is great. The one thing I do know about New Orleans, their defense still is, I think, a good defense. And they they got they got taken to the woodshed last week. I mean, the, the way 400 yards, they put up 400 yards against them. So just, it's, I, I made that face because the game went to overtime. I, I don't think I you get can get it, taken but, to the woodshed if you go to overtime. Well, 400 yards is 400 yards. And, and that's not what I expect to see from a New Orleans Saints defense. That's my point. And so I do think this offense has some some uh, some some stuff. And I, I was looking at Saquon Barkley. Like, he still hadn't had a great game on the ground. Last week he had a big uh, big game, but it was a, a pass that he that he caught. Um, so I'm I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking that this is going they're going to score some points. I think Dallas will obviously score some points. I think uh, Dallas's offense will keep doing what they're doing, uh, but I do think it'll be closer than 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 we than what you guys think it'll be. I think the final score is 31-26. Cowboys get the win and uh, and we move on to the New England Patriots. So we'll, we'll see. We'll be out there on Sunday. Cowboys take on the Giants at AT&T Stadium, 325 kick. Make sure you check it out. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!